We open the Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 4. We will read the whole chapter together, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth." For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness, For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. We read thus far in the Holy Scriptures. With this passage as the foundation, as well as the rest of God's Word, we consider Lord's Day 25 in our Heidelberg Catechism. Beginning at question 65. Since then we are made partakers of Christ and all his benefits by faith only, whence doth this faith proceed? From the Holy Ghost, who works faith in our hearts by the preaching of the gospel and confirms it by the use of the sacraments. What are the sacraments? The sacraments are holy, visible signs and seals appointed of God for this end, that by the use thereof, he may the more fully declare and seal to us the promise of the gospel, namely that he grants us freely the remission of sin and life eternal for the sake of that one sacrifice of Christ accomplished on the cross. Are both word and sacraments then ordained and appointed for this end? 
that they may direct our faith to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross as the only ground of our salvation? Yes, indeed. For the Holy Ghost teaches us in the gospel and assures us by the sacraments that the whole of our salvation depends upon that one sacrifice of Christ, which he offered for us on the cross. How many sacraments has Christ instituted in the New Covenant or Testament? Two, namely, Holy Baptism and the Holy Supper. Beloved, in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're nearing the end of the second section of the Catechism, which, as you know well, is the heart of the Catechism, which explains to us the Bible's teaching of how we are saved. And in teaching us how we are saved, the second section of the Catechism rivets our eyes upon the Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who we know and trust by faith. And thus the majority of the second section of the Catechism is an exposition of the chief articles of our faith as summarized in the Apostles' Creed. That's what we have finished. We have looked at what the content of our precious Christian faith is. The doctrines of God's word as summarized in the Apostles' Creed. And now we have just finished looking at the profit of believing all this. That by true faith, we are justified. That is, faith is the God-given instrument by which we apprehend that justifying verdict that God pronounces concerning us on the basis of what Christ has done. Christ has died and paid for our sins. He has fulfilled the law. And God, in grace, freely imputes Christ's obedience to us and counts Christ's satisfaction as ours so that our sins are covered and we are arrayed in the righteousness of Christ. And God declares that. He makes that known in the gospel and it is faith That precious God-given faith worked in our hearts by the Spirit. It's by faith that we hear, we know, we understand, and we rest in that verdict of God. Righteous, forgiven, and heir of eternal life. And now as we come to the last part of the second section of the Catechism, the Catechism is going to turn and focus on one more subject connected to faith. We see that Lord's Day 25 is still all about faith. The first question and answer asks where faith comes from and emphasizes a point that has been implied already earlier in the Catechism, or rather explicitly taught in Lord's Day 20, that faith comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the author of faith. He works faith in the hearts of God's elect children. That's where faith comes from. But now faith is not some dead static thing, but faith is a living thing. Faith needs to be built. Faith needs to be nourished. Faith needs to be strengthened throughout the course of our lives in this world as God's people. And that's what the last part of the second section of the catechism is going to explain to us. How does the believer who is living by faith have his or her faith Strengthened and built up. And the answer is God in his mercy. Gives us means. To use. To build our faith. God is so good he not only provides this most precious of all gifts. Faith. 
But He provides all that we need for the sustaining and the upbuilding and the nourishment and the strengthening of our faith. And these things that God gives us to build up our faith, we know as the means of grace. And God provides especially two main means of grace. His Word. That's primary. His Word and His Word as it is preached. And the Holy Sacraments. And so Lord's Day 25 is going to introduce us to that this morning. We're going to look at those means that God uses to build our faith. We're going to look at them generally. The preaching of the word and the sacraments. And then the subsequent Lord's Days. The rest of the second section is going to focus extensively on the sacraments. And that's because of the era in which our catechism was written. When there was a whole lot of debate about the nature and the manner of operation of the sacraments. But... As we go through this last part of the second section, let's keep our mind fixed on the main point. These are God's good gifts to build up my faith in Christ. And that's why they're important. That's why they're important. That's why I need these things. The Word, and the Word preached, and baptism, and the the Holy Supper. God uses them to build my faith. Our theme is God's chosen means to build faith. I ended up changing this to just two points. So the two points are what they are, and then secondly, the calling to use them. God's chosen means to build faith, what they are, and the calling to use them. We're going to start with a simple yet important truth about God. About how God works. God is a working God. The whole Bible shows us that. God is not a God who just sits in heaven doing nothing. God is not an impersonal power. God is a personal God. Who consciously works. And has purpose in all that he does. And the simple truth about God as a working God is this. God is a God Who uses means. Children, do you know what we mean by that word means? What is a means? A means is a tool. It's something you use to accomplish a task or purpose. So for example, we use that word this way. When we see a man whom the Lord has given much wealth, we say that is a man of means. And the idea is he has lots of resources at his disposal to do things. And the Christian man of means who is living by the the love of Christ employs the means that God has given him for the glory of God and the good of his neighbor. A means is simply a tool that is used to accomplish a certain task task. When we're speaking of the truths of God's word, theology, the term means or the term instrument refers to the same thing. Means, instrument, a tool that is used to accomplish something, to do something. God is a God who uses means, who uses tools to do his work. And the examples are numberless, aren't they? 
in creation. God gives light. Go back to Genesis 1. Day 1 of the creation week. In the beginning God said, let there be light and there was light. God created light. God is the giver of light. But now what happens on the fourth day of the creation week? God calls the sun into existence. And God takes the light that he created and he concentrates it in the sun. And God uses the sun to shine his light upon the earth. There's an example of God using means. He doesn't need to. God can say, let there be light, and there is light. God can cause light to shine. He can do that without using any tools. But God is simply pleased to work in this way, to use tools. And so God created the sun to be his tool that he uses to shine light upon our earth during the day. Or another example. Food and drink. It's the most common example of how God uses means. You'll read about that in Belgic Confession, Articles 33-35. through God is the one who gives life to our bodies. Our bodies don't live by themselves. Our bodies don't generate the nourishment that they need by themselves. Our, the nourishment that strengthens us and keeps us alive comes from somewhere else. It comes from God. God gives it. But God doesn't inject it into us the way you might have something injected into you when you get a shot. But God uses means to nourish our body. God is pleased to do it in a certain way. To give us our daily bread. And through that bread, and through the activity of eating and digesting that bread, God imparts to our bodies the nourishment that we need to be healthy, to be strong, to be mentally sharp, to go about our work and the tasks that he has set before us. It's another example of how God works. God is a God who uses means, tools, to accomplish his purpose. And this is important The doctrine that God is a God who uses means is important because this is one way that God is present in, active in, or to use the theological term, imminent in his creation. He is not a God who is distant and afar off, whose hands off and not involved in his creation. He creates it and it just runs itself, it does its own thing, it's over here and God has nothing to do with it. But God is intimately involved in his creation. He creates things and then he uses them for his other creatures, for their benefit, for their upbuilding. God provides for all of his creatures, but he doesn't provide the way we might put gas in our car tank, just pump it in there, and then the car runs. But God uses means. And this is especially important when it comes to us as human beings. Because God created us as moral, rational creatures. To put it very simply, he made us conscious, aware. And so God works with us in such a way. That he provides for us. And we're aware of how he does it. 
He doesn't just zap nourishment into our bodies. But as a father, he extends his hand of providence. And our daily bread is in that hand. And he provides it for us using means. Such that we see God at work. And we receive it from him and are thankful for it. In this way, God preserves our rational moral nature. He intended us not to be stocks and blocks. But to be persons, conscious and active, just as he is. He is a personal God, a relational God, who is conscious and who is active. And so, God's use of means harmonizes with who He is as a personal God and fits with who He made us to be as personal creatures, as His children. God is a God of means. Now, let it be emphasized that God is a God who uses means not because He has to, But because he's pleased to. Because he chooses to. Again, we see in the opening pages of the Bible, God doesn't need any tools to get a job done. He says, let there be light, and there is light. But God uses tools because he wants to. He wants to. And now, what applies in creation, in the examples we've given, God uses the sun to shine light. God uses food to give nourishment. The same idea applies to our spiritual life. God gives us spiritual life. There's no other source of any spiritual good. The first question and answer of our Lord's Day speaks about how faith comes from nowhere else but the Holy Spirit. And what's true of faith is true of all spiritual good, of all blessings. They come from nowhere else other than God. He is the sole source and the sole author of all saving good in us. And God can, if he is pleased, simply give it to us without the use of any means. And there are some benefits of salvation that God gives to us without any means. For example, regeneration. Or, as it's described in John 3, a new spiritual birth. That very first work of God in time, that very first saving work in which he implants in our hearts the new life of Christ, translating us out of darkness into light, translating us out of spiritual death into spiritual life. That's a work that God performs directly without the use of any tools. The Spirit operates directly upon our hearts and accomplishes a a spiritual heart transplant. There's no tools involved. But God is pleased to work out our salvation after regeneration using tools. Not because he has to, but because he wants to. When the Spirit regenerates us and gives us that new life, With that new life, the Spirit implants in us what we call the faculty of faith. And that simply means the power or the ability to believe. Without us being conscious at all of it, without the use of any means, the Spirit gives us life, the Spirit unites us to Christ, the Spirit gives us that power to believe. But then from that new birth onwards, 
God is pleased to use spiritual means to cultivate that life that he's given us. He's pleased to use spiritual means to bring that power of faith to conscious activity. And that's especially where these means of grace enter the picture that we're going to be looking at this morning. The word and the sacraments. Those are the tools that God is pleased to use to cultivate To bring to conscious activity and to strengthen that faith which he has given us. And that faith that God has given us, we've already seen, God himself uses as a means as well. We just finished looking at the great biblical truth. The great truth of our reformed heritage justification by... And that preposition by indicates by means of, or by instrumentality of, by faith alone. The faith that the Spirit works in our hearts, the faith that God gives us, that faith is the one means, the one instrument that God uses to cause us to receive and to know and to rest in that verdict that He pronounces concerning us that You, believer, are righteous and forgiven. There's yet another example of God using a tool to accomplish His purpose. So, that's the simple starting point. God is a God who is pleased to use means, tools to accomplish His purposes. This is true in creation. We see it everywhere And it is also true in the realm of our spiritual life. God is as sovereign in in each of them. Just as God created, God gave us spiritual life. And just as God sustains the physical life that He created by physical means, so too God sustains the spiritual life He has imparted to us through the use of His choice spiritual means to build up our faith. And to strengthen our spiritual life. And that then gets to the main main idea of Lord's Day 25. Lord's Day 25 is introducing to us two of God's choice means. That is two main tools that God in His wisdom and according to His good pleasure is pleased to use... To build up our faith and to nurture the spiritual life that he has given us. And those two means are stated in answer 65. Faith comes from the Holy Ghost who works faith in our hearts. Here's number one. By means of the preaching of the gospel. And confirms that faith. Number two. By means of the use of the sacraments. These are the means of grace. And that term, means of grace, simply means tools by which God applies His grace to our hearts. And the grace that God applies to our hearts, by the means of grace, is His power by which He works out our salvation. All salvation blessings have been earned for us in Jesus Christ. They are ours. And now throughout the course of our earthly life, 
The Holy Spirit, who is the agent, the worker out of our salvation, takes those blessings and sovereignly and powerfully brings them into our possession. He applies them to us. And the idea of the means of grace is that the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit, uses especially these two tools, the Word and the Word preached, and the Holy Sacraments, to work out our salvation in our day-to-day life. By building up our faith, by strengthening that faith, by nourishing that faith, by confirming it, by assuring our hearts that we belong to Jesus Christ, body and soul, in life and in death. Which assurance is so necessary for the Christian life. From that assurance, from that peace within, springs the godly desire to live thankfully and to honor And serve our God. So the Spirit works. And the Spirit works by these two tools. The means of grace. The gospel as it is preached. As well as read. As well as coming to us in other ways. But especially as it is preached. And the sacraments. These are the things. The Spirit uses. To cultivate that faculty of faith. To bring it to conscious expression. To enliven it. So briefly, let's look at these two means a moment. The first tool of the Holy Spirit as He applies grace to us in our day-to-day lives. As He works out the salvation that we have in Christ. His first and His main tool is the Word of God. And that's in harmony with who God is. God is a speaking God. As we see from page one of the Bible. He is a God who speaks. And his word is the way that he exercises his power and accomplishes things. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. God is a speaking God. And by the word of his power he accomplishes his work. It's especially true not only of creation but salvation. God accomplishes the salvation of His people through the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ. And now, God works out the salvation of His redeemed people in Christ through the Spirit of Christ applying unto us the Word of the Gospel. The Word of the Gospel. At the center of which is Jesus Christ. So the Word of God. The Word of God is His main tool. The Word of God is what works faith, as the Catechism says. Exercises it, strengthens it, feeds it, builds it up. As Romans 10.17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That makes sense from this perspective too. What is faith? Go back to Lord's Day 7. Faith is a certain knowledge whereby I hold for truth all that God has revealed in His Word. The content of faith is furnished by the Word of God. Faith is knowing God and God reveals Himself in His Word. And thus it makes perfect sense that the Word is going to be the chief tool that God uses to build that faith, to strengthen that faith. The Word is what furnishes our faith with knowledge of God. 
causing us to grow in knowledge and in the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Faith is also an assured confidence that not only to others, but to me also and to me personally, the saving work of Christ is of benefit. And it's the Word of God that reveals to us Jesus Christ. It's the Word of God through which the Good Shepherd speaks directly to the heart of His child. And we hear His voice. And it's the voice of the Good Shepherd that cultivates, that builds, that solidifies that confidence, that trust, that resting, that reliance upon Christ alone as my perfect, only, all-sufficient Savior. It's the voice of the Good Shepherd in the Gospel that works powerfully in my heart so that by faith I cast myself upon Him and with hearty confidence say, yes, this is my only comfort in life and in death. I'm not my own and I don't want to ever be my own, but I am His. Belong to my faithful Savior. Belonging to Him. Seeing what He's done. Redeemed me with His precious blood. And from all of the power of the devil. I want henceforth to follow Him. To serve Him. To worship Him. The Word is our spiritual food. And as certainly as our bodies need our daily bread, so certainly our souls and our faith needs its daily spiritual bread. In both realms, God uses His choice means to nourish and to build us up. That's why Jesus says in Luke 4 verse 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word Of God. It's a simple truth. But let it sink into our hearts. We need. The word. As much as we need bread. In fact really we could say. We need the word even more. Than we need bread. Because if we had to choose. Between these two breads. The earthly bread. Our daily bread. Or the bread of life. How much, how much more is this to be chosen over all of the bread and all of the wealth of this world? The bread of life, God's word, sets forth Christ who gives life to the soul. So children, think about that. You need the word of God. The Word of God is the most important thing in your life as you grow up. Jesus is the bread of life. Feeds and nourishes your soul unto everlasting life. What bread, what your food does for your body, that's just a little picture of what Christ does for your soul, for your person. So not just the children, but all of us. Be a people of the word. A people of the word. 
God uses the Word to feed us as that Word comes to us in all different ways. It comes to us when we go to Bible study. That Word comes to us and it feeds us when we sit down and do our devotions as a family. That Word comes to us as we read it. But now, God has designed that Word to come to us Especially in this way, in the way of the lively preaching of the gospel. That's what the catechism emphasizes, and that's also what the scriptures emphasize. It's not because the word in any other form doesn't feed or strengthen us, but God is pleased to use preaching especially to feed us. The lively preaching of the word. The word which comes to us and is expounded and explained and applied to our hearts by the Spirit. That nourishes us. That preaching is used by God to prick our hearts, to expose our sins, to lead us to repentance. That preaching of the word is used to awaken in our hearts a renewed sense of the joy and the peace that we have in our God. The preached word energizes us to live our faith, to put it into practice, to walk in love towards one another. The means that God uses is the word, but especially the word preached. And by that word preached, God works wonders in the lives of his people. That's why Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 verse 6. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Now 1 Timothy 4 is instruction of Paul to a young pastor. But we see how this applies to all of us. It's not just a word for pastors. It emphasizes the importance of the word for all of our spiritual lives. And that's why Paul brings this instruction to Timothy. Put God's people in remembrance of these things. Bring them the word. Because that word is what builds them up in the faith. As he goes on to say. Nourished up in the words of faith and good doctrine. Whereunto thou hast attained. The words of the scripture are nourishing words. The good doctrine of the Bible is sound, healthy, spiritual food. And as that word is proclaimed, as it comes to us through the preaching, as the good shepherd uses that means of preaching to speak to us, Christ the good shepherd himself is feeding our souls with his word. Which nourishes. Thus the importance of the word in our lives. And thus the importance of the preaching. Because it is God's chosen means. Now secondly. Along with the word. And the word preached. Our catechism explains that. God is pleased to use the sacraments. To build our faith. There are two, not seven, two sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper. The Bible makes clear that those two ceremonies are set apart from others. They are instituted by Christ to be a means by which our faith is built up. Now to help us understand the sacraments, the easiest way to understand them is this. The sacraments are the word of God but in a different form than the preaching of the Bible. 
The preaching is the word that we hear. And that's primary. Romans 10.17 Faith cometh by hearing the word. Preaching is the word that we hear. But the sacraments are the word that we see. The sacraments have a message. And it's the same message that the Bible has. The central message of the Bible is salvation by grace alone in Jesus Christ. And what the Bible tells us, and what the preaching proclaims to us, the sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper, set before our eyes. They show us. They help us visualize. And the reason God has given us the sacraments, a visible word in addition to the word that we hear, is God is mercifully accommodating Our creaturely limitations. Just as a father accommodates his children, he speaks to them at their level, so too God comes down and speaks to us on our level. He does that in the Bible, he does that through the preaching, but we see that especially in the sacraments, in that he gives us a word picture, he gives us a visual aid to the message of the gospel. What we hear, in the gospel we see in baptism in the Lord's Supper. And that's the point that question and answer 67 is making when it says that both the word and the sacraments have the same goal. They are appointed for the same end to direct our faith to the one sacrifice of Christ on the cross as the only ground of our salvation. So another illustration, perhaps to help the children here, to understand the preaching of the gospel and the sacraments and how they work together. You imagine, children, that you're in school or you're having a school lesson and perhaps it's history class and you're learning about the Civil War and your teacher is explaining to you the battle, let's say the Battle of Gettysburg and how that battle took place. You're listening to the lesson of your teacher and the teacher is explaining it, teaching you. There's the word that you hear. That's what the preaching of the gospel is like. But now to help you understand the lesson, to help you understand the word that you hear, the teacher goes to the whiteboard and draws a diagram and perhaps points out where the different soldiers were, the two sides, the Union and the Confederacy, and how the soldiers moved as the battle went on. And that visual aid helps you understand the lesson you just heard. That's what baptism and the Lord's Supper do. They're visual aids to help us understand the message of the gospel which is proclaimed to us in the word of God. Visible word which confirms the word that we hear. That then gets at really what a sacrament is. As question and answer 66 says, it's a visible sign and seal. To use a definition given by an ancient church father, the sacraments are simply visible signs of God's invisible grace. We can't see the operation of God's invisible grace. And the sacraments help us visualize it so that we can understand it. As earthly creatures, we benefit from having pictures. The message of the gospel is, you and I by nature are filthy and dirty in our sins. 
And as long as we are filthy and dirty in our sins, we cannot be with the holy God. We cannot dwell in His presence. We need salvation, which is a cleansing of our sin. God sent Jesus Christ into the world to suffer and to die for His elect people, making payment for their sins. And the shedding of His blood in payment for our sins washes the the filthiness of our guilt away. And so God gives us baptism now as a picture to help us understand that message of the gospel. We all know what physical dirt is. At different times in our lives, we all get dirty. We have dirt and sweat all over us. And what do we do? We get washed. We take a bath. We take a shower. And the cleansing water washes that dirt and grime away. And we emerge clean and refreshed. And so God takes those earthly, those earthly pictures, those earthly things, and makes them signs pointing to a spiritual reality. In baptism, water is applied. Water that washes. And just as the water of, bap- of baptism, or any water, will wash dirt away from the body, that's what the blood of Jesus Christ shed for you and me does to our spiritual dirt. The grime and the filth of our sin and our guilt washes it away. So that with the blood of Christ applied to us, we are made clean and refreshed. That's how the sacraments work. They picture the message of the gospel for us. Now lastly, in connection with the sacraments, the catechism makes clear that God uses the sacraments to confirm our faith. And that's important. God uses the word and the preaching of the gospel to work our faith. And he uses the sacraments to confirm it. And that teaches us that the sacraments have a subordinate role. They are an aid, a visual aid to the preaching. They're not the main thing. Just like the diagram in the lesson is not the main thing, it's an illustration to help you understand the main thing. The Bible is what unfolds to us the counsel of God concerning our redemption and fullness The preaching is the main means of grace that God uses to awaken faith, to cultivate faith, to strengthen faith, to nourish faith. The Word is our spiritual food. But what God uses the sacraments to do is to confirm that faith, meaning to strengthen our assurance, to strengthen our certainty That God's promises are for me. And that gets to the idea of a seal. The sacraments are a sign. A picture. But they are also a seal. And what is a seal? A seal is something that guarantees something is authentic. Something is real. And that it's for you. In old times, if a king were to publish a decree, he would take his signet ring, press it into that hot wax, and his coat of arms was in that wax, and when someone received that document and they saw the seal on it, they knew it was real, it was authentic, it was from the king for them. Today, if you get something in the mail that has the government's seal, or the seal of some agency of the government on it, you know it's official, it's authentic. That's the idea of the sacraments. 
They are a seal given to us by God. Assuring of us. Assuring us in a tangible way. That what the gospel promises. Is true for you. And true for me. So that in a couple of weeks when we come to the Lord's table. And we partake of the Lord's supper. And we see that bread broken. That's what Jesus did. For me. And as I take that bread. And I eat it. As surely as I see this bread. And as I taste it. And as I take it into myself. And am nourished by it. So certainly. The death of Christ. Is of spiritual benefit for me personally. The Lord's Supper illustrates what the cross of Christ has done for me. And confirms my faith. Assures me that it is of real benefit to me. That's God's purpose with the sacraments. And so, to wrap up what they are. Word and sacrament are both the choice tools God uses to build faith and to strengthen us in our spiritual life. His word and his word preached is number one. That's the main thing. That's how he feeds us. And then he gives us that visual aid to help us understand the lesson of the gospel. And a visual aid to seal to us the promise of the gospel. Strengthening our assurance. This is for me. This is for me. Well, Now lastly this morning, let's see the calling that we have to use them. And them is word and sacrament. The two means of grace that we've talked about. The implied calling of Lord's Day 25 is God has given us these precious gifts for the upbuilding of our faith. Now use them. Use them because these are means that God uses. But God works in such a way that we are conscious and active in the strengthening and upbuilding of our faith. Once again, God is not a God who comes with a syringe and injects benefits into us. God does not treat us as stocks and blocks because that's not His way, that's not what He wants, and that diminishes His glory. God brings us His Word and He calls us now, give diligent attendance to that Word. God has given us His sacraments and He calls us now, come and use the sacraments for the strengthening of your faith. We need the Word. We need the sacraments. When we're in a spiritual frame of mind, we all readily say, yes, we do. Because we feel day by day, do we not, the weakness of our faith. We feel the need for nourishment and strengthening. After the week gone by of battling against our sinful flesh, of bearing up under the burdens of this life, we grow weary. Satan buffets us. Temptations come at us. Doubts so easily arise. And we need the Word. And we need the sacraments for the fortification of our faith. And for the nourishment of our spiritual life. 
And so we say, yes, I need these means, not because they're so special in themselves, not because I trust these things, but I trust my God who is pleased to use these things to build me up. And since it is God's good pleasure to use these two tools, I readily avail myself of them. Let the teaching of this Lord's Day then prompt us to be diligent in our attendance unto the means of grace. To be a people of the word and to be a people who attend unto the preaching of the word because I need it. I need it. I need my spiritual food. And when we give our attendance unto the preaching of the word, let the focus never be upon the tool through which that word is brought. The tool doesn't matter. The earthen vessel, the mouthpiece, is not the thing of significance, but the good shepherd who is pleased to use the earthen vessel. And when the earthen vessel is weak, and when there are lots of imperfections in the earthen vessel, let us look past that to the the God who makes his power manifest in weakness. The weakness of the vessel and the weakness of the means is by God's design for the greater glory of his name. Weakest means fulfill his will. Weakest means are God's choice means. And that's why God is pleased to use what 1 Corinthians 1 says is the foolishness of the preaching. And why God is pleased to use the sacraments of all things to build our faith. His weak means demonstrate the almighty power of his grace. How great and powerful is God who is able to work such wonders in us by such lowly tools. So let us give our attendance unto the means of grace, our spiritual food, our spiritual support, which we need. Never trusting in those things. It's not the word, it's not preaching In itself, it's not the sacraments in itself that work grace in us, that build our faith, but it's God who works through them. Look to God and make use of His good gifts. Let us thank Him how good He is giving us such good gifts for the building of our faith. Amen. Our faithful God and Father, we thank Thee for the means of grace, simple things, the Word, the sacraments. And to the eyes of the flesh, it may seem like foolishness. Why are these things so important? What good can be wrought by these? And yet, these are the tools Thou art pleased to use to build up our faith, and we confess they are good gifts. Give us a delight in thy word so that we saturate our lives with thy word. Give us a hunger such that we come to give attendance to the preaching of the gospel, knowing our need for it, because it is the tool that Jesus uses to strengthen us. May we come readily to witness and partake of the sacraments for the confirmation of our faith, that more and more we may be assured in our hearts that Jesus' work is of real and lasting benefit for us. All of this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.